Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 140 of the Hawks Talks podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks podcast, hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I am Jackson, joined today by my lovely co-host, Logan. Logan, as always, how are you? Look, man, uh, this one goes out to Darian. He's, he's your brother, the, the brother of the lovely the lovely host of the Hawks Talks podcast, Jackson. He's been on this podcast before. Uh, he's been, technically been on two episodes. One of them is the infamous Lost episode. Um, and he has one particular quote that he loves. And he's loved for many years. And, and uh, I believe he brought it to the forefront of uh, the forefront of all of our minds. And I'm going to just read some of that quote out right now. Um, you know, I'm going to just start from the top, okay? This is by the... Uh, I mean, the controversial Alexi Lalas, all right? And, and oh, by the way, to all the guys I didn't mention, it's because you don't even warrant a mention. That includes you too, Wonder Boy, he said. So what are you going to do, Lalas continued? Are you going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? You are a basketball generation that's been given every, everything. You are a basketball generation who's on the verge of squandering everything. That goes out to our lovely Atlanta Hawks. Jackson, it is it is December. The new year is almost upon us, and you know what that means? It's time for Shams to come out with a video about how the locker room is falling apart. It's the third year in a row. It's happened right around here. So, round three, Jackson. Which means we're either heading for a conference finals appearance or a deflating first round uh, exit. So, take your uh, take your pick of which one happens. You could argue for either because if we go to Eastern Conference Finals and we went to the Eastern Conference Finals, if we get a first round exit. Then Nate McMillan is probably bounced. That's my guess. I do think I do think at this point, barring um, a great playoff run, if we have a bad playoff run, or obviously if we don't make the playoffs, I think I think Nate McMillan gets Dwayne Casey'd, basically. Um, that's just my that's just my thoughts. But we 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 got plenty to talk about with with Nate McMillan and, and certain players. And none of it has to do with games. Everything has to do with something that's unrelated to the game. I, and we I wanted to talk about the Nuggets game, but like nobody cares about it. Like the Nuggets game was so good, such a great win, and it's just it doesn't matter right now because one, it, it was a couple days ago, and two, Trey Young and and the and clutch media and Shams and Windhorse and Nate McMillan. It's just thanks, guys. You know we had one of the best wins of our season and. It's overshadowed now. I'm excited. Yeah. Now it's overshadowed by whiny tattooed millionaires. So cheers, lads. Sounds great. I uh I'm trying to decide where we should start with this because obviously, you know, the only game we didn't podcast for was one of the best wins of the season. And it's like we can't even like really talk about that. Just because like if this was only the athletic article, it's like one thing. And then but I even told you this today, look like last night we were talking about about doing an episode either recording last night or today. I was like Let's wait for pressers and to see if anything comes out. And it's just like a the floodgates of the Hawks. Um, I guess it's chemistry issues. I don't. I don't know if it's chemistry issues or head coach support. It the floodgates have opened. I mean, you know, there. I mean, if you know, people have obviously been not fans of Nate McMillan for a while. So the, this isn't the first time that people have mentioned this. But now, you know, we do have to give a shout out to Hawks Fan TV. Um, you know what? I'll just say, I, I think he had a better source than me, Logan, when it came to uh, the altercation at practice versus uh, DeAndre Hunter's possible contract extension. So, you know, hey, game <laughs> respects game, my brother. Hey, that, that was a good scoop, though. I mean, obviously, we heard that on Friday, Saturday, maybe? I, Friday, because that's before the Nuggets came, right? Yeah. And then um, Sunday, it comes out. Uh, Shams tweets it out of an article. And le- I just want to firstly, let's go over the... Uh, 
Let's just go over the highlights of the article real quick, because I, I feel like that's the best place to start. That's for step one. I mean, if you aren't aware, pretty much what happened was Hawks fan TV said that uh, he heard from someone inside the Hawks building that a player, he didn't mention Trey's name, but I this mean, man most people, he has yeah, I mean, you know, to be that, fair, he said a player and Nate got into an altercation. And I mean, people quickly put the puzzle piece together and it was Trey. Sure enough. And uh, here's the notable from the Shams article. It's three things. First thing, the Hawks have had multiple team meetings early this year, season to revol- resolve various conflicts. So I'm sure that expands just beyond Trey and Nate, whatever they have going on. And also, it's the latest sensitive situation that has caused many people within the Hawks to question Trey Young's leadership approach. And then finally, mm-hmm. the third thing, and this was a uh, this was kind of a slap in the face for a lot of uh, the Hawks subreddit sources said McMillan's job is safe. So those were the three yeah. notable things from the article by The Athletic. I think it was Sham which, and Sam Amick, so credit to them. Which I, I think I've said this before, but if you're a Hawks fan and you want Nate McMillan hired in the midseason, I think you've lost the plot. Um, again, I'm not trying to defend Nate McMillan, but a midseason fire, like that's what we did with Lloyd Pierce. That's how we got Nate McMillan in the first place. The best case scenario is you have a good season with the interim coach, and then you're stuck with the interim coach. Do you think anyone on our staff is going to be like the next level coach to take us to the next step? No. So, you know, even if you hate Nick Millen, you should want us to ride it out this year. We have our own pick. If we suck this year, we got our pick. All right. And then, you know, and then have him be fired in the offseason, not midseason. Midseason firing. Do you do it for guys like Lloyd Pierce when they just clearly aren't ready? And also he uh, he hates your star player. <laughs> And at the time, it was like he was like our only really good player. This at least now we got Dejounte. Like we got two stars now. So, anyway, sorry, just wanted to go off that. But um, yeah, yeah, Jackson, it's. I'm just gonna come out and say it. We don't know all the the true details because let, let's be real here. There's there's two things at play here. This is very much so uh, in inter team altercation just yelling at each other brian winhorse said it was in like a film session um which happens like like that's the nature of film sessions or you know because of course i've played in the nba before by the way if you guys couldn't tell like i've been there obviously um but like okay it's whatever people are yelling at each other trey young and nate mcmillan yelling at each other is probably a good thing because i think both like trey could be like nate your game plans and your rotations and and the offense is crap. And Nate could be like, Trey, you're shooting 30% from three. Stop shooting like crap and, st- and taking these dumb possessions. Like, both of them could yell at each other. Um, but let's be real. We don't have all the facts. And let's also be real. Trey Young is a clutch client. Um, the devil works hard. Clutch works twice as hard. Uh, th- that story is going to get twisted and convoluted and pretzeled into anything to make the clutch, the clutch clients look uh, best. Um, so everything we say should be taken with some amount of grain of salt um, because, you know, it is not our job. It is not me and Jackson's job to be level headed and uh, measured. It is our jobs to be dumb. Like that's 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 why y'all listen. You don't listen to us because we uh, ha- have scoops. If you listen to our scoops then we'd be paying Hunter 16 mil a year right now. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right, man. It, it, it was one bad thing. I mean, the other one that I've had on the podcast was good, and it ended up being correct, and then it ended up being fact-checked. Surely, fact, oh, gosh. And fact anyway. checked Okay. Yeah. You don't listen to us for grammar either. If you listen to us for <laughs> English, then, you know, you're listening to the wrong people. But Take I'm, the Locked on Hogs if you want those things. Yeah, if you, if you want smart, measured, uh, good grammar podcast, go listen to Brad, man. But anyway, 
Um, I getting kind of tired of Trey Young show. I am tired of it. Look, he is our best player. If if he stays for four more years, he's gonna be better than Neek all time. That's just what it is. I love Neek. I was not alive, or at least very least not watching basketball for really any of Neek's career. Um, so I'm not trying to disrespect him, but we can be real here and say that Trey Young does things and 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 has just all around stats that Neek never will. And frankly, he already took the Hawks further than Neek ever did. Um, not blaming Neek. Uh, you know, obviously there's. 14 other players on the roster at the time that were probably letting Neek down, plus whoever the coach was. Um, so, Trey is a franchise legend already. Like, he, he's already one of our best guys ever. Um, the team can win games, individual games, without him, but it's if with without him, it's not like we're doing anything in the long term. Um, you know, this isn't a we're better without you situation. This is, you know, you can sit out a few games and DeJounte's good enough that he can carry us uh, sort of deal. Um, but he objectively, like, you, based off the facts that we got and the snippets that we got, which, again, I know are not complete and not necessarily true, Trey has to grow up a little bit. I'm sorry. You have to just, you have to act like a leader. I know he's not going to be like the rah-rah, Dan Quinn, you know, Navy SEALs leader, which is probably for the best. But, like, if you're, allegedly, Jackson, he got he essentially got an ultimatum with Nate McMillan, correct? Trey has was uh, managing some sort of injury. I forget what body part. Maybe his shoulder. 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 Yes. And he was kind of saying, "I'm not really feeling like like shooting around. I'd rather sort of focus on this the rest of the day, um, and then maybe closer to the game time, I can sort of see how we're feeling and go from there." And Nate McMillan allegedly was like, "Nope, you're shooting around now." Um, or if you can't commit to that, then you need to commit to coming off the bench, or you can just not show up to the building tonight. And Trey Young, which I will say that, that is very stubborn, old head, kind of irresponsible coaching by Nate McMillan. Like, I understand sometimes coaches want to take a stand and, like, you know, uh, <laughs> I was going to say something R-rated. I'll say, I'll keep it PG-rated, you know, put put your boot in the ground, man. You got you to gotta take a stand. Um, but, you know, probably shouldn't have done that for, on Nate's side. You probably don't want to give your your players ultimatums like that, especially when it's health related. Um, and Trey basically called it and was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll stay at home with my kid or, you know, I don't know what, whatever Trey was doing. Um, neither of them are right. Both of them are a little wrong, but Trey, you're going to be here longer than Nate McMillan. Hopefully. Um, and like, we need you to, to just lead better by example, because I am sure I'm reasonably confident that that, that uh, film session scuffle between Trey and Nate was Nate being like, hey, Trey, what is this dumbass possession you just did? Look at this. Like, look at this Rockets game. Wow, look what could have been avoided if you would have passed the ball to A.J. Griffin, who's wide open with his hands up, ready to catch and shoot a three. And Trey was probably like, you know, he, he, he would have reacted. But the truth is, on the basketball floor, Trey Young does not trust his teammates. DeJounte Murray has basically alluded to that. DeJounte himself, who wanted to play with Trey, was basically like, yeah, like it took all of us. Uh, we're all playing. Everyone eats. Uh, you got to trust your teammates. He was really sending some liminal shots to Trey Young in sort of the post-Friday win pressers and, and interviews. Trey Young doesn't trust his teammates as much as I think he should. And, and in that aspect, he really needs to grow up a bit. He doesn't need to be, you know, like... 
what are the, I don't know, like a great locker room leader. He doesn't need to be that. I think you can just be a great player, be an on-the-court leader. But, like, have some more trust in your teams. I understand you don't really want to pass the ball to Aaron Holiday or Justin Holiday or John Collins in the corner right now because that shot isn't falling. But, like, can you just trust something that isn't ISO? Like, we have so many things that have worked over the past few years. The Trey and John pick and roll has basically worked perfectly for, like, five years now. <laughs> he, and he just ISOs so much. He calls off screens. The 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 30-foot bombs, the step backs, stop taking step backs. I've said it, like, five times. You're not Luka. You're not Harden. Please. Anyway, my point being, um, I am not trying to defend Nate, but I can see... Some issues here with Trey Young based off the, the facts or uh, speculation we've been provided. And I just, I'm hoping for on the court growth from Trey because let's be real here, Jackson. We looked really good Friday without Trey with DeJounte sharing the ball. Everyone's sharing the ball. There's ball movement. AJ was lighting it up again. I mean, you had Capella, I think, put up like eight or nine field goals. He was really good offensively. You had Jarrett Culver putting the bucket in. Like, we are sharing the ball. With objectively less talent than we we've had really most of the season. We haven't even mentioned the fact Bogey came back. That's so far down on the list right now because there's mutiny in the locker room that we haven't even mentioned that Bogey's back. We didn't even get to mention that, Jackson. Bogey's back. And it doesn't matter because it's mutiny. It's mutiny in the locker room. So I don't know, Jackson. I've been rambling. I just you know I I don't even know. I I, I have not had a single coherent thought in these last five minutes Jackson take it away I'm gonna I just I want to make my stance on this known you know as with everything in life nothing is black or white everything is ultimately somewhere in the middle um I feel this way about the Trey and Nate situation I mean you know I feel like we can all acknowledge this like they like Trey and Nate are two of the people I've said this a lot on the podcast like this whole team needs to be better and it doesn't just start with certain players like when we're doing bad, you know, it's not just the bench. It's not just the starters. It's just not the coaching staff. And, you know, it's not just the front office. I mean, this whole team, you know, hey, you, at the end of the day, Logan, I don't mean to sound like a high school football coach, but you win together, you lose together. And that's especially apparent in the in the Hawks this year because, like, there's games where nobody on this team, whether you're Tony Wrestler at the top or whether, you know, you're at the bottom, I don't know what that would be, Um is absolved from, you know, some form of blame for where this team is. So I just want to make that known. I feel I feel like Trey and Nate both had both have valid reasons to feel the reason they do. I mean, look, people, it's no secret that Nate McMillan is, you know, he's not a world beater head coach. He's by no means, you know, this this isn't Nick Nurse. This isn't Greg Popovich. This isn't, you know, um, Eric Spolster. He's not going to be a coach who comes in and wins you games and you're like, wow, what a coaching performance. Look at his adjustments. He won that game. But, like, let's also not sit here, not me trying to defend Nate. You know, if they fire Nate, you know, I'm, I'm on board with it. You know, that's just my take, though. But here's what I'm trying to say is, like, let's not sit here and act like Nate McMillan is, like, a bottom-of-the-league head coach. I mean, there's a lot worse that you can do. I mean, you don't have to look far just to see coaches who are worse than him. Like, and notably, it kind of seems like it's funny because as time has gone on, you know, Hawks and Mavericks fans, they argued for the longest about Tran Luca, And it's kind of like – they've we've become the man in the mirror to each other cause like in a lot of ways our teams are like the exact same i mean i mean the hawks obviously have a better roster but like we both have coaches who you know both fan base view them as like worse in the league and they want to get rid of and like they both have complaints about their star player shot selection so it's just kind of funny how that worked out on a side note but i can't blame trey for feeling the way that he does about nate it's pretty obvious that 
this uh, this offense, this defense, this team, from a schematic sense, it could be better. It could be optimized better. It could be ran better. There could be different sets and stuff. But at the same time, I don't feel like Trey is absolved from from guilt. I mean, from blame either, because like Trey needs to be better. It's as simple as that. It's like going into this year, you know, we're talking oh Trey's a lock for All Star and all that, and it's like. He's playing his Trey worst has ball not, since his rookie year. He, yeah, he hasn't played like an all-star this year, and it just hasn't been the fact that he's struggling. Like, I can pretty confidently say through, what are we at, like almost 25 games at this point. Like, Trey isn't just, you know, having a, like an unlucky year. Like, Trey is legitimately playing like, like, a, like a bad player at times. I mean, the shot selection hasn't been there. Sometimes he's trying to do too much. Logan, you've referred to it. It's like we get into these late-game situations, and it's like Trey forgot what got him there. Like, Trey is at his best when he's looking to get his teammates involved, when he's getting to the rim, you know, taking what the defense gives him and not forcing it that. We've seen that ever since his rookie year. And it just seems like we've had several like late games this year where Trey just completely abandons it. It's like, all right, I'm the superstar. And at the end of the day, Trey, he's 100%. He's the face of the franchise. Let's just keep it a buck. He's the best player on this team, uh, talent-wise. I mean, he by far has the highest ceiling of any player on this team. You know, if I had the if I had to put money on one player from the Atlanta Hawks this year roster, I would say that uh, Trey Young's gonna be the one who's guaranteed to be in the Hall of Fame. If I'm putting money on it, but I feel like it's somewhere in the middle. I will say I don't agree with you know obviously drain of salt because you know it's no secret that Shams is obviously kind of kind of sort of a clutch mouthpiece, and you know Trey's a client of clutch. You know they got to do what they got to do. You know that's what an agency does. Um, if the ultimatum thing is true with Nate, and Nate was like. Came in there while Trey was rehabbing. He's like, all right, Trey, you either, you know, stop rehabbing, come to shoot around, or you don't come to the game tonight. Or it will, I think it was like, you come off the bench or you don't come to the game tonight. You can choose. I don't agree with that. Like, I mean, you know, the NBA schedule, especially how it's built, you know, guys need to rest, recover, rehab, you know, get treatment, all that kind of stuff. So if that did happen, like how the Shams article said it did, I 100% think that Nate Mullins in the wrong, um, just because that's not something you should you shouldn't do that with your best player. You shouldn't do that with the worst player. At the end of the day, you have to realize longevity is very important for these guys. These guys' health comes before you know a lot of things because like we're, this isn't you know a, a conference finals game. This isn't a finals game. This isn't a playoff game. Game seven. You know this is we're playing the Nuggets. Guys can you know if they need to miss a game or if they need to miss a shoot around, they need to miss a practice. So you know they get that treatment, they get that recovery, so they're in a better shape to be able to play an upcoming game. 100% important, but I just think like, like Logan, you said it, I, I look at this and I, I just think on a separate note from this entire situation, Trey kind of does need to step up as a leader. Like this is your team. You have to act like it. You know, you don't have to be the vocal leader. Like by all accounts and everything we've heard the past few years, John Collins is the guy in the locker room who is the vocal leader. You know, we look back in the NBA history, there's been plenty of guys who were vocal leaders. I mean, you look at like Udonis Haslam, you know, he's basically on the Miami coaching staff. He's a mascot. Like 2015, but the guy's a vocal leader inside the locker room. But also you can lead without being vocal in the locker room. You don't have to be up in everybody's face because to me, we already have the vocal leaders. Like we have John Collins. We have DeJounte Murray. Those two have very much shown that, you know, they're willing to get up in people's faces. Hey, you need to do this. Like, let's hype the team up. Let's calm the team down. Let's do stuff like this. Props to them. You don't have to be a leader, Trey, through your voice. You don't have to be a guy who, you know, is vocal in the locker room. What you can do, and I'll point to someone who was not a very vocal guy at all during his entire NBA career. And, you know, there's actually jokes cracked about this. Somebody who was a leader and he wasn't a vocal leader, he just led by example, Tim Duncan. And I'm not saying that Trey has to be a leader of that level because Tim Duncan, by 
by all accounts, Logan, I'm going to say it, was a leader of men to the fullest extent of that phrase. I think that the way Trey carries himself, this is you are the best player in the team. You are the face of the franchise. You are the you should be one of the leaders of this team. But like Trey hasn't acted like that this entire year. And it's one thing to get on, you know, off the court disputes with the coach. Like you said with the film thing, Logan, those things happen. Like even um Winhurst said that, you know, like a coaching, like a film session is like the perfect place for guys to get into an argument because, you know, they're actively watching and discussing something with one each other with each other. But like how many times, Logan, have you seen Trey just straight up, you know, something will happen with Jalen and Jalen's basically a rookie. Like, you know, he, he's getting like rookie game time in the NBA. And like Trey, like doesn't go over there and coaches him like DeJounte or John will like Trey just straight up like yells at him. Like that's not what like somebody who's trying to lead a team does like. I'm sorry, that's just not it. Like, I'm not saying you have to go over there and coddle him, be like, oh, like, you know, you need to be better about this. Like, Trey Strayle looking frustrated. He's looking angry. He's, you know, yelling at, you know, Jalen. It's just like, that's not what the leader does. Come on now. It's like, DeJounte can be the can be the coach-esque leader. Like, it looks like it. John also has done that. The writing's on the wall. John may not be here super long, so I don't want to, like, pencil him in as, like, this this group of guys leader because... John's been in constant trade talks for years, so it's like it's hard to ever count on anything on that end. But like DeJounte is clearly just a little bit more prepared to like be a little bit more patient. Um, part of me wonders if Trey making the Eastern Conference Finals and feeling the pressure to prove it wasn't a fluke makes him like press to to excuse me, press to like make it happen again, and he doesn't have time to wait for Jalen to figure things out. Um but at the end of the day, like not trusting your teammates and continuing to take bad possessions when you're shooting objectively your worst since, I mean, 2018, like that's not helping the team. Like, what do you think would honestly help the team more? Like not trusting your teammates and saying, well, I am the best player, so I'll take whatever shot I want because I'm Trey Young and like I can make pretty much any shot on the floor. Or would it be deferring, maybe taking like a little bit of like a fine, I'll, I'll defer to AJ Griffin wide open on the wing and like him putting up a shot. Like what do you actually think makes the team better? So uh, it's, it's very, I don't know. It's uh, the off the court stuff we don't know about, but the on the court stuff, obviously if you watch the games, you can very easily kind of come to the conclusion that Trae Young presses at times. And at a lot of other times really kind of doesn't trust his teammates. Now he's still Trae Young. He still is a great playmaker. Um, but there are certain times where he just doesn't trust guys. And it's like, I understand you're not, you know, Trey Young still hasn't played with Bogey yet this year. Bogey's only played the one game. I understand you, you're not playing with guys you're super familiar with on the wings um, as your shooters. You know, he's he's got the Holiday Brothers. He's got AJ. He's got Hunter over there. But part of me wonders how much he really trusts Hunter because Hunter's really just an isolation um, scorer. That's kind of just how he scores. Um, so that's sort of a different sort of realm there. Um but it's like, you're just going to have to trust guys a little bit. Justin Holiday is not a complete scrub. AJ Griffin is good. He's probably our third best offensive player right now. Um, and by probably, I mean, he really kind of is. Like, I tweeted about this. He's probably a better offensive wing than Hunter is right now. Um, maybe not, obviously, in terms of raw stats, but he's, he's kind of just got a more well-rounded skill set. Um, like, maybe you trust AJ. Like, Nate learned to trust AJ Griffin pretty quickly, right? I kind of wish Trey could do the same. I kind of wish Trey could just defer a little bit. It's 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 very weird to me, Jackson, because by all accounts, Trey Young absolutely loves Clint Capella, 
And if there's one player you would think he would offensively not trust, it would be Clint Capella. Because he's seen that man miss, at this point, 150 bunnies over the past season or two. And it's like, he still loves Clint Capella because of all his redeeming factors. He's a great rebounder, great defender, and uh, a prime pick-and-roll partner with the sort of vertical, you know, obviously not quite the same way John is. John's a lot more versatile around the rim. But again, like, it can still be a very easy bucket pick-and-roll, Throw it up to where only Capella can get it. He's he's getting two points. So if you can trust Clint Capella like that, because you know he has his mistakes, but he also has his dreaming factors. Can like can you just develop some trust for other guys too? It, it's very you know Jalen Johnson has some very redeeming factors. We if if we were to talk about the Nuggets game, we talk about how good he looked. He got his first ever double double. The the passing is a, is quite good for his position and his age. The transition stuff. The the shot is coming. He hit a couple middies. Um, you know, his jump shot's not great. It's not good right now, but that is what it is. AJ Griffin, you know, he's he's the perfect golden child, frankly, at this point. At this point it's hard to complain about him. It's just, you know, part of me just feels like in a week, uh, if if we win, because tonight we play the Thunder, um, that, that's a team that can scare me just because, I mean, frankly, right now, they would have the best player between us and them because right now Shea is built uh, better than Trey um, just over the course of the first 20-something games of the season. Um, but we have the Thunder. We have – who do we play after Thunder? I'm forgetting. We, we play the Bulls soon. We have teams that we can beat. If we win like two out of our next three or Thunder, three out of our next – Nets, Bulls. Yeah, and yeah like, that, that's four – Straight games you can win. Now the Nets are looking pretty darn good right now, and they do have Kevin Durant. But you you could very easily win three of those four. If we went three out of the four, is anyone gonna really remember about the time that Trey and Nate got in a little scuffle and kind of bickered at each other? Like, I no, mean, let's be honest. They, pr- really. I mean, a lot of people have an agenda to push against Nate Miller. They'll they'll be sure using this as ammo. Like, let, let's not act like Hawks fans are above this at this point. Like. People are straight up pushing agendas, and I get it. I do the same, but I do it in a lot less, you know, controversial and toxic way. Frankly, I mean, people there there are people who legitimately want Nathan Mellon fired so bad they will they will gladly root for the Hawks to lose. Like that's not that's not something that's untrue. Like Logan, you've seen that before too, right? Like, oh my there are God. people who be like, yeah, I hope we lose. I hope we lose this game so Nate gets fired quicker. Yeah, they- and then people like, as soon as the story dropped, they're like, let's go. This means Nate will get fired. Like, no, this this story was not a good thing. This wasn't good for the Hawks. This wasn't good for Nate. This wasn't good for Trey. This was bad for all of us. Why are you Why are you screaming? Let's go. Like, is your Do you want Nate to get fired so bad? Do you want to like completely like Trey is someone who already gets like scrutinized by the media at an unfair the level, Mav- in my Mavs fans are taking victory laps, y'all. Mavs fans are taking victory laps as their golden child MVP media favorite player is struggling to stay at 500 and they're taking victory laps on us and y'all are okay with that because you hate y'all Nate? let's go hope we lose tonight so Nate's fired <laughs> yeah the Mavs fans are taking victory laps I cannot say that enough times they employ Jason Kidd as their head coach and they're taking victory laps you know what it's it's just not that important to hire Nate I laughed randomly about a minute ago because Kevin Schoenard just retweeted <laughs> Shams being the mouthpiece that he is, he brought in Chandler Parsons because, of course, Chandler Parsons technically played for the Hawks under Lloyd Pierce. I can't watch the video because obviously I'm recording and it has audio and I don't want to play it over the podcast because technically that would be copyright breaking. Um, apparently, apparently Chandler Parsons just like dumps on Lloyd Pierce 
in the interview. So Common Chandler Parsons dub. One thing we could all unite on. Yeah, because obviously Chandler Parsons never played um, for us while well. Nate McMillan was here at all, right? Or certainly not as a head coach. I'm trying to think if Nate nah, McMillan... he wasn't. Yeah, because Nate McMillan became our assistant the COVID, like the, the Eastern Conference Finals year. So, yeah. Um, so, that that I guess he was talking about this sort of issue happening with uh, Trey and, and LP all those years ago. Um, because, of course, now people are like, is Trey Young a coach killer? Which, you know, uh, it's, I'll have to watch that video in a bit. But yeah, man, it's it's just uh, both, both the coach and the player look very silly right now. Nate McMillan did not need to be such a hard ass, such a stubborn boomer. And Trey Young did not need to, I don't know, sulk and kind of, you know... Uh, Another reference to Darian, man. Miracle on ice. Sometimes, Jackson, it's not about Three the name ball. on the back. It's not about the name on the back. It's about the name on the front. And sometimes I do think Trey Young can forget that. Um, and, and some fans. Colin, Maul, I've seen you. He's basically said that Trey Young is above the Hawks. And <laughs> we should just do whatever okay. he says. No. Okay. <laughs> no. So, Calm down. Yeah, exactly. This, this man is not LeBron. Let's not let's not get ahead of no ourselves. No players here. above the organization. Like, let's keep it a buck. Like, hey, I'm not, you know, if I have to choose between Trey or the Hawks, unless something very, very vile happens, like, this is my team, yo. Like, I love Trey, but, like, yo, this is my team, yo. Like, I'm not I'm not switching up. You know, this is Atlanta, dog. This goes bigger than now, just how good you are at basketball, my boy. Now, would, would, I, would I watch less if Trey Oh, Hull absolutely. Absolutely. Go. I mean, you know, I'm a kid. I'm going to keep it real. I'm averaging about, you know, 12 games shut off per 48 at halftime, you know, this season. You know, you, COD's good this year. The Hawks be blowing some games. I mean, I'm just saying. Exactly. Anyway, um, the, the real issue is why does, I mean, Chris Kirscher is gone, man. Why did this leak again? <laughs> like, like, I think it was Sam Amick was the first national guy to pick up on it and write on it. And then, of course, Shams took it, did his old clutch spin. Like, why does this Hawks stuff have to TV leak? got the drop, and then he sold it to Anik and Shams. Uh, <laughs> Power to him, man. I'm sorry. Get your bag. I, 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 I hope he got some sort of money. But I will say, it did mention, like, Shams, Winhurst, and uh, Amic all said they had, like, sources. So I can only assume those are different sources. And that also makes me question, like, you know, the Hawks need to, like, run some type of, like, rat trap to get all the people in the organization <laughs> who are constantly leaking things out, like... Zach Klein has a guy. Hawks fan TV has a guy. Shams has a guy. Winhurst has a guy. I'm sure Woj has a guy. Um, what's his face? Maybe it's Kevin Schoenard. Uh, maybe maybe he's the undercover cop. Maybe he's the op. Yeah, I don't. The, you remember when the Browns made that fake rumor out, and it was, was like, yeah, the Browns are thinking about was a joke, hiring Condolias. Like, I love Kevin. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. They were like, yeah, we're gonna hire Condolias or Rice, and it was actually just like <laughs> trying to get like a. Yeah. Somebody in the front office fired who was like uh, leaking stuff. I, I don't that, know. The Hawks made it to consider doing that. I remember the report coming out. That was honestly very funny. <laughs> I, I I honestly, funny stuff, you actually just taught me something. I never knew that that was a rat trap, but that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, they they really said they're going to hire Condoleezza Rice. Uh, she is on on, on the she or at least she was on the college football playoff committee, which is absurd. But anyway, ugh. Jackson, I don't even know, man. I, the, I'm re- I have a new topic for us to talk about. Do we have any final thoughts? On this situation? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I just want to reiterate this. I mean, 
ultimately, if you're making me choose between Trey Young and Nate McMillan, uh, Nate, uh, <laughs> see, again, best of luck. I mean, to be fair, he was already considering retiring. Apparently, hey, I'm just saying, Nate. Well, you know, yeah, you get yeah. fired. You trying to help out an altruistic, homegrown Hawks podcast? You know, you want to come on Hawks Talks do a little tell all? Hey. <laughs> Well, Business inquiries, hawkstalks at gmail.com, folks. There and, you go, Dave. And, and here's, here's the other thing is like, if Trey Young truly is a coach killer, because um, like, let's not be like, let, let's be transparent here. Trey Young was a big part in getting Lloyd Pierce fired. That was not a bad thing. It was Lloyd Pierce's time to go. I think Trey Young likes Nate McMillan a good bit better. At least he certainly has in the past. Maybe this one thing like severs their relationship, but like, Either way, with or without that, Trey Young is going to be here longer than Nate McMillan anyway. So, of course, if if there is any reason where Trey Young is like, I don't want to play under this man next year, Tony Wrestler and, and Travis Schlank should be like, yep, yes, sir. You know, that that is the one thing where it's like, you know, yeah, you maybe succumb to his whim a little bit. Because, like, realistically, Nate McMillan's probably not going to be here that much longer unless they really, like, if they win 50-plus games and win some playoff series, and obviously... Nobody's going to complain that. Well, some people, no, people will still complain that he's here. Hawks fans will complain about Nate McMillan no matter what. But we could be know. hoisting the damn finals, going down Peachtree, and they, there would be Hawks fans who are like, why is Nate holding the trophy? Like, they, I mean, they, they would insist we want it in spite of Nate. But yeah, obviously. And also, back to earlier, I just want to say, Logan, what you said, you know, Trey isn't bigger than the Hawks, but Trey, however, is bigger than Nate McMillan. Let's go ahead and yes, make that yes, yes. If people are get If people are getting cut, I mean, you know, hey. That's the hierarchy, my boy. That said, trade Trey Young for Paul George and run a run a Paul George uh, Dejounte Murray core. I don't know. I'm just saying. That was a joke. I'm I'm not entertaining Trey Young trades, but um, yeah. Anyway, the the reason why we are, I guess, kind of a day late to re- record on this is we wanted to see more as it came out, and the more it comes out, the more you know. Trey Young did talk about it this morning, and he was basically kind of just upset that a private thing came out in public which is very true it was absolutely just you know trey and nate got into an argument which i think again i think getting an argument over film session is good because that means like they can be real nate can be real and say what the hell are you doing here trey and trey can be real and say well what the hell are you have you been doing nate like they can be real and do that um the ultimatums and the sitting out like not not if if nate mcmillan truly was like don't even show up to the arena then it's kind of just ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, it may not hurt to give Trey some humble pie. Like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Maybe that's... It, as if the Rockets game wasn't enough. Damn, I only know. the fans had to suffer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, still dealing with the blowback. I see that. I see that. We, this situation happened. I see the Houston fans say, ha ha, we, we ended the Hawks. Like, time. Yeah. It's the Rockets. Please. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's It's, it's kind of... It's hard to say because this is something that's one most likely going to blow over unless Trey Young absolutely plays like garbage or the Hawks suck. Um, I mean, winning solves everything, you know. Yeah. And, and What's that saying? Like the the Joe DiMaggio Yankees, they all hate each other, still won a championship. I mean, even though this obviously isn't that. I mean, you know. Yeah. This is this is in the uh, this is in an, uh, a non um, segregated NBA. Okay, <laughs> like, all right, man. Like, Joe DiMaggio went in with, with, them, with, with them cats. He played against plumbers in World War II vets, Logan. Exactly. If Trey Young and the, and the Hawks are playing against, like, the 1940s Boston Tea Parties or whatever they were back then, like, 
you know, be different. But anyway, um, look, man, this this is this is a situation we can never we will never truly know what happened. Um, so all I can say is, Nate, um, you better hope you don't lose Trey because if you lose Trey, that's your last straw and you're out of a job. And Trey, yeah, nah, people are and, already trying to fire you, dog. And, we, we, we're four for the Eastern Conference. I mean, we have home court advantage. I know. The season is the day, and people are it, trying to fire that. It, isn't isn't it funny that normally these types of things come out when the team is doing bad? And we could win tonight. We're heavily favored tonight. We're favored by like six points, even with John and Hunter out. We we could win tonight, be fourteen and ten. Like <laughs> that's a perfectly good record through twenty four games. And and apparently there's mutiny going on. Um, but anyway, Nate, yeah, you know, maybe be smarter. Um, I, I know that article did say his job was safe, but let's be real here. I, I think that's referring to midseason, which is fine. I think at the end of the season, if things are disappointing, they will look at Nate and, and sort of yeah. The, talk the about Hawks it. front office going to take a note from us. They're going to do a little award show. We had Nate Village. You won the "You're Fired" award. Best uh, of luck. And uh, and Trey, hopefully you can. Uh, hopefully you took some of the film room stuff to heart, and hopefully maybe you got a little bit of humble pie. Because I, I honestly, I do still kind of think Trey just needs to take a step back and trust this guy a little bit more. This is not the, like, Trey Young has not been playing to the levels we expect from him. Um, and some of that is just shots not falling. Some of it is, you know, just sort of learning a new system with n- new guys. And, and some of it's just him not playing smart and not playing to his abilities. But Jackson, there's one last thing I want to say on this. If you've noticed, the two games where Trae Young has gone absolutely nuclear, just absolutely shot the crap out of ball, we lost both games. Maybe that should tell him something. Maybe it's it's really just not about the Trae Young show right now. Maybe maybe it should be a Trae Young focuses on giving what is taking what is given to him and not forcing things. Because the two games where he went nuclear and scored 40, 0-2. Lost to the Bucks, lost to the Rockets. So, you know, just just food for thought. Anyway, I'm done with that, Jackson. I'm ready to move on. I, I have one last thing I want to say on it. I, if I want two things to happen from the situation, one, on a Nate McMillan note, because, you know, those are the main parties involved. I hope this weight nakes up that, you know, hey, you know, it's kind of hard to accept things like this, Logan, you know, as uh, as somebody who, you know, has a lot of history in the employment section of life, uh, frankly, um, let's, just, let's just call it what it is. I hope Nate, you know, kind of picks up on the fact that, hey, my seat might be getting a bit hot. You know, because if you're a coach, you obviously got to ignore that. If I was a head coach, if I was an NBA player in general, I had never searched my name up on Twitter because, you know, hey, they'd be ready to fire you. But I hope Nate, you know, this makes him, you know, do better as a head coach, perform better. And I will say on that note, Nate did a very good job of coaching versus the Nuggets. And like the Nuggets are a very tactical, tactically and technically sound team. You know, they have Jokic, who is one of the best in terms of that. They also have Mike Malone, who's a hell of a head coach. I think he's like always like very close. He always gets like coach of the year votes or is very like on the cusp of it. So I hope Nate realizes that perform better as a coach as the season goes on. And for Trey personally, I want Trey to take this as a learning experience. Trey young, he's still very young. He's, you know, he can still learn. I hope he takes this as a learning experience as, Hey, here's how I can grow not only as a player, but as a person and also a leader. I feel like this may be something Logan, where we look back at that, you know, this, it doesn't all always have to be a bad thing. Like, Hopefully they both can learn from this thing can move on. And I will say, I do agree with what Trey said. You know, these are grown men, you know, things are going to happen. Logan, let's just call it what it is. You know, me and you, we've had disputes about the podcast before it made us better. So hopefully that's something <laughs> that can happen with the actual Hawks. They, I, they I told, take a note I told Jackson, if he doesn't record, he can just stay the home. 
And the issue was is that he's always home anyway. So he just yeah, well, there you go. So See, I follow changed. my instructions. There you go. Hey. Sometimes yeah. you got you know, you gotta fall in line. Um, Logan, there's two things I want to talk about. Yeah. Let's first uh you kind of alluded to it. Let's talk about the the elephant in the room a lot of people are denouncing, but also there's a lot of people talking about it. Are, are how far like I don't even know how to phrase this, but where are you at with, hey, the Hawks might actually be better about Trey Young thing. Like, I'm curious about it because I think, we, I don't we, think it's true. No, I'll say that. I, I don't think there's any point even giving no, it. No, well, I don't, I, this isn't me talking about it. Like, people on Twitter and Reddit and, you know, other places have been talking about it. I just want us to talk about it here because I, I feel like it's our job to talk about, you know, these things. Because, like, you're not going to go to, like, a, a bigger podcast and they're going to talk about, oh, yeah, the Hawks better about Trey Young. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, it may happen in, like, Hawks fan TV space and that causes fans in there. Like we are, so I just want us to talk about it because I don't okay, personally believe okay, that the okay. Hawks better about Trey Young. Look, no, I don't think anyone actually thinks that. No, but, no, you'd be surprised. But the issue is, is that yes, the Hawks can and will win games without Trey Young because Dejounte Murray is extremely good. He's better than people think he is. That's just the fact. He's a better player than the national media, who is already high on him. There, he's even better than people thought. So that's that's the thing. It's like we can and we will win games without him. But it like. We're talking. We've we've had two separate one game samples with it. it. It's not anything to take to heart. It's not anything to draw any sort of conclusion on. It's just like, you know, it, it's not even worth talking about because it's just you know, it's not real. It's just it's just we had, we played two really good games. Um, you do have to coach a little bit harder. You have to kind of try a little bit harder when Trey Young's not there. That's the truth. Like you have to trust your guys. Like Dejounte said in that post game thing, he's like, you kind of have to trust your guys. You have to you have to approach things differently. Um, and the truth is that that's just one of the key things this, this team needs in general is just a little bit more trust, a little bit more cohesion and teamwork. And when Trey, with Trey Young not there, that, that part does increase. It kind of, it literally has to, otherwise you're not going to win because you don't have one guy that is absolutely completely capable of backpacking you anymore. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's about it. It's, it's not a, it's not much more than that. I, I think the team, it's it's very nice that the team can be good without Trey. But, you know, if we're talking about, like, if we were without Trey for two months, I would not be too excited. <laughs> like, if he had an unfortunate injury, I would not be very happy. He would. Uh, we would most likely, at best, struggle to be about around 500. Because that's just the nature of this team. We don't have very good depth. It'd be, you know, DeJounte and friends, which can work for a little bit, but it's not working for long. Yeah, this this team already has like issues with like having death and stuff, so that that would not go well. All right, let's talk about the main thing. Logan, it, it seems like the writing's on the wall for Nick McMillan. It doesn't seem like this situation aside, but a a culmination of this situation, overall performance on the Hawks. Like, let's keep it real. I don't think it happens midseason, but I do think the writing is on the wall, kinda. Like, unless things turn around, and well, I say turn around, we're fourth and east. Like, you know, the Hawk, what I mean by turnaround is, I mean, get away from like these like blown lead losses and stuff. Um, I do you do you see that Nate Millen getting fired? Like, I know you kind of said it earlier, but if we do fire him, like, where do the Hawks go from there? Because I want to bring this up. We got criticized a lot when Lloyd Pierce got fired. And it's one thing to hire to fire one coach. Pop but, like, you fire two coaches in the middle of their contracts. Like, like, let's not like there, at the end of the day, there is only 30 NBA head coaching spots. They're very coveted job. But. You know, with that type of job security, you know, guys can walk into negotiations and say, hey, like Lloyd Pierce, he got fired midseason into the what, like the second, third year of his deal. Um, 
Nate Millen got fired into like the second, third year of his deal at the all season, of course, because I don't think it'll happen in season, regardless of what happens between now and then. I, I just think where where do we go from there? Because there's already been names touted, you know, guys like Quinn Snyder, guys like um, Kenny Ooh. Atkinson. Ooh. I mean, I just I don't know. It's it's interesting because I do feel like the writing's on the wall, and I'm just saying, is there any way we is there any way that Nate Millen personally can avoid you know being fired? If if this, I mean, if the only way it'll happen is two things. One is the team sucks and either misses the playoffs entirely, which while having a lottery pick sounds fun, um, that would be a very bad look. And frankly, Tony Russell would never spend in the salary tax again, or he hasn't in the first place. Um, or two, we have a bad playoff exit. Um, that's that's realistic. Um, or somewhat unrealistically, you have a Dwayne Casey situation. If you remember, Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year and then got fired because the Raptors being pretty forward-facing accepted like it's time to give nurse his chance and, and kind of push Casey out. We don't have a Nick nurse on our staff. Um, and we have Jamel McMillan, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And I don't like the only way I see, you know, us firing Nate, even with us, you know, if we make the East conference finals, like the only way Nate McMillan gets fired is if Trey Young says it's him or me. Um, and obviously at that point, I think they'd fire Nate. But like that, you're you're asking. That's not. It's not a good thing. It's not a good way for a coach to go out. So, um, I don't know. Like it, it's it, it's too early to say. We're only you know about a, like thir- twenty eight to thirty percent through the season. Let's let's wait and see. People people do have to remember we're thirteen and ten. That's that's an okay record. We're we're like three really bad consecutive blown leads leads away from being <laughs> sixteen and seven. So. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm not too worried about anything on the whole yet because it's still early. But there are there are certainly some little things. Nate McMillan, he's got to figure some stuff out. Um, Trey Young has to figure some stuff out. Um, people like John Collins and Justin Hall, they need to start hitting some more shots. Um, you know, Dejounte and Trey need to ISO less. I, I'm not that worried yet. Um, but as for the off season, like. Right now, I'd say it's like a thirty percent chance Nate McMillan gets fired, um, just because right now, if if things were to like if the season ended right now, we'd be the four seed, we'd have home home court. It, it's just it's not realistic to expect a guy to be fired after that, but it, it happens sometimes. But um, you know, you, you kind of do that when there's a better option waiting in the wings, and maybe I'm in the minority. Kenny Atkinson is not a better option. Um, Quinn Snyder is not a better option. Those are at best lateral moves. There's a reason why Kenny Atkinson hasn't had a head coaching job in a while. Quinn Snyder, I want you guys to look at his playoff experience. Like, what what really makes him different than Nate McMillan? What, are you are you telling me that offense was like super great, like well oiled machine in, in Utah, or was it just Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> was the defense just Rudy Gobert? So, you know, um, if there was truly a better option, then I'd say go for it. But Kenny Atkinson and Quinn Snyder. I want people to get off the at, off those trains because those are just lateral moves, realistically, and and I don't see the point in doing a lateral move when, you know, hopefully the the team would be ready to take a step forward. 
look, Logan, you got you got to look at it like this. Anytime your star, superstar player who has a superstar mindset is having issues with your head coach, you got to go after the two guys who also had those issues on their own. You know, there's <laughs> it's no secret that Kitty Atkinson got fired because he couldn't get along with Katie and Kyrie. It's no secret that the Jazz, you know, Quinn Snyder probably got fired because at the end of the day, uh, you know it. The, the Mitchell uh, Gobert thing was kind of, you know, a looming over our heads since like 2019. Um, anyways, Logan, our last and final topic of the day, something I've been waiting to do since winter 2018. It's time for me to take a victory lap. <coughs> I've been waiting to do this since winter of 2018, Logan. So I'm going to I'm, I'm taking the floor here. I just want to give a shout out to my man, Jarrett Culver. Two games for the Hawks. And I, I, I'm glad to say two good games for the Hawks. Finish up last game, 10 points. You hear that, Logan? Mm. Uh, two steals. You ready? Mm. Four assists, seven mm. rebounds. Mm. Guess what? Four of nine from the field. He one had a three. three. One of two from the line. 33 minutes played on good defense. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to take anything else from this episode, the win. So I just want to give a shout out to my boy, Jarrett Culver. And I just want to say, you know what? Yes, I had him number two right behind Zion in my 2019 draft board. Yes, in hindsight, that probably wasn't a good idea from what we've seen. But Logan, I hit the table if you couldn't hear that, people. We've turned the corner. He's here. I, I feel confident in saying that at worst, at worst, Jared Culver can be a good end of the bench guy. Get him off the two-way. He's playing good basketball. Well, probably wait a bit longer and then get him off the two-way. But I'm confident in saying that. Don't I'm we literally ready. have a roster spot anyway? We do, and it's not getting filled because uh, you know why. <laughs> yes, so I'm nah, with you. I'm with yeah. you. Convert, convert Culver to a full full time spot. He's you know what? Show the trip for us well over here. You know he's in concussion protocol, which is bad, bad, not good. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I just I just want to take my dove on that, and I also wanted to say uh, I don't know maybe I'm just I want to ask you this, Logan. And bring this up. We're looking at a different world in a world where, uh, you know, a certain somebody who definitely doesn't write for an MLB team nowadays. If we trade up, folks, it's for Culver. Uh, I'm just saying we might be in a different world as far as things go if we actually do take Culver if we trade up. So, hey, maybe this, <laughs> uh, maybe he never, you know, goes uh, to Minnesota and bust. Uh, seems eager. Seems like an eager thing to say, but hey. Uh, hey, you know, hey, hey. I, I look, when look, things are I'm unrealistic, you. you can say as much as you want. I'm with you. He's uh, Culver has earned his. He's earned some respect. That that's definitely for sure. But one, the last thing I want to talk about, and I alluded to earlier, Jackson, is uh, I just wanted to give Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, you know, a nice round of applause. He is back, ladies and gentlemen. He is finally here, and he didn't play great against the Nuggets, but it doesn't matter because he's back, and uh, I'm very happy to see him. If you people want to know why Bogdan really took so long to come back, look when Serbia got eliminated from the World Cup and look what game he returned in. There you go. It was both on Friday. I'm just saying the guy I wanted to watch his home country in the in the World Cup. Hey, fair hey. enough. Fair play to you. Okay, some uh, some other snippets have come out. Uh, just just want to add them in at the end. It's it's nothing super new, but you know some quotes. Um, Amic on the podcast with Sham said, uh, if the players were to pick sides, they'd probably be on Nate's side and we're in terms of <laughs> just the dust up. Um, and it, it is a microcosm of bigger issues with the Hawks, which is like, whatever. Um, Nick wrestler, Tony's uh, wrestler's son is, uh, he has power in the organization and he's very close with Trey. I don't see that as an issue. I think that's just the owner's son wanting to be friends with the star player. Like what? Like what? Is is he gonna convince the Hawks to keep Trey? Like I don't think the Hawks. Well, I'm just hey, I'm just saying, you know, 
I don't think my family wants to be friends with Logan. You know, everybody wants to be friends with the cool kid on the block. Yeah, I don't really see. I don't. I don't. I don't really see what the issue is there. Not gonna lie. Um, I think the issue more is like, oh no, wrestler son has power, nepotism. Cause the Hawks, they are they they do like themselves some nepotism. Let me tell you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but that's about it. Wait, so so the locker room, like the players, would take Nate's side over Trey. In terms of this dust up, that is what Amick said. Oh, okay. In terms of this, yes. Uh, eh. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you know, eh. hey, these, these men they go out there and play for their coach every. Day. I mean, yeah. Look, that's the thing. Nate McMillan very clearly is respected. He, I, I, y'all might hate him, might hate him, but the players clearly like him. So it's like whatever, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. That, that, that's that's I'm, I'm done talking about it. There's not much else to say. So, you know, just want to add that because some, some tweets came out. What do you think the bigger issues that they reference are? Just, uh, I don't know. The, <laughs> the, off, situation. the offense sucking? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see. It says Hawk situation, but like, I, I know we're on the outside looking in, and by and we don't have press passes, which has come into light recently. Um, we're very much on the outside looking at what I'm trying to say. And like, I mean, the Hawks situation, they're in four for the East to me. That's a pretty good thing. Yeah, they've had some embarrassing losses, but like, at least you know what to work on in practice. There you go. Work on not blowing leads. It's that simple. And to be frank, I make that sound easy, but Dan Quinn can never grasp that. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, anyways, I- Logan. I think uh, that's all for me on this podcast. Just and end of the day, this is this is slightly a media blow up, so who cares? Anyway, uh, the, the Hawks are going to win their next like three games, and, we're, and it's going to be oh yeah, we're going to oh yeah. Remember when you know players you know were threatening each other with ultimatums to go home? Coaches and players were doing that. That was that was fun. Not really, but it did give us free content to talk about, folks. Nothing we appreciate more than that. I, I just wish it wasn't like this because you know. Anyway, uh, Hawks will. Win tonight against the Thunder. I'll, I'll just say that. And I, I mean, if they don't, we, we, some people might get to get fired. Let's keep it a buck, my boy. Well, I don't know. The Thunder aren't awful. We've lost to worse teams this year. The Thunder are ten and thirteen. They're not awful. Uh, if any of our players get put in the torture chamber, they're getting traded. They're getting thrown in the trade machine. You're gone. You're gone. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, let's go Hawks. Woo! Yeah, go team, go, go team, go. Look, anyways, do want to say. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to everyone for supporting us. Hey, if you want to keep updated on this Hawks situation, which seems to be very fluid, keep up with the Hawks Hawks podcast by subscribing, rating five stars. I just want to say, I need to get this out there. And I know I'm I'm really setting myself up to be trolled here, but you know it's worth it. I don't know which one of you was, but somebody left a one-star review on the podcast when we were all at five stars. It brought us down to a 4.7. Hey, you're a bad person. I just want you to know that. Um, anyways, do you want to say thank you all for listening? Be sure to check out the description. You can find links to our social medias, our Twitter, the Hawks Talk Twitter account, which I found the password to today, so I'll be tweeting on there again. Um, that's fun. Uh, don't ask me how I lost it. Uh, you can find our Patreon. Sign up today. Patreon.com. Five dollar, eight dollar, ten dollar tier. You know, get a, you know, get your bo- you know, get yourself a little Christmas gift Patreon sub for ad free episodes. And uh, yeah, just want to say thank you for listening. As always, we love you. Goodbye.